All right, guys, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. It is a Wednesday morning. It's a rare, rare occasion that we film on a, on a Wednesday or shoot on a Wednesday. But, uh, man, I am really excited today because we get to talk to one of my favorite people, been a friend for about a year. I, that's why I was asking you about how long you've been here. But, yeah. Uh, as soon as we met you about a year ago, it was like instant connection, right? Like, and, yeah. and, and so Freddie Kimmel is here on the show today. We got Nurse Doza. But, Freddie, really quick, uh, can you do, do a brief introduction? What do you want the people to know about you? What do I want the people to know? I am a I'm a huge advocate for health. How do you health is obviously a question I ask my my friends and my clients and my community all the time. I'm a survivor of metastatic cancer and Lyme disease and mold. I am a podcaster. I do a podcast, the Beautifully Broken Podcast, and I am heavy into the integration of 21st century technology yep. and health and vitality, and then using all that to move the body back into a space of natural healing. That's, that's the, that's the elevator pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we got, uh, we were fortunate enough to be on your podcast Mm -hmm. about four months ago, five months ago or something like that. Yeah. Great conversation. This one's going to be probably a continuation plus so much more because you've learned so much more since then. Yeah. We got an IV going and uh, yeah, let's get the party started. And there's Doza. What do you got? What do you got for us? Um, what was the new stuff you wanted to talk about? Because <laughs> you're like, I really I got a bunch of new stuff I want to talk about. Let's just get into that. Let's just get into let's the get new into stuff. stuff. I mean, the, the new stuff is I'm always flipping rocks Okay. on my, you know, where, where I'm, and I'm always using the N equals one experiment. Right. So I've really been into, or and actually I'll tell you this, I've been calling this in for about seven years. And I've been working with this idea of how do we work with this reptilian brain, the limbic loop okay. that we get stuck in through chronic illness. So you'll often hear people mention a woman named Annie Hopper or Dr. Gupta in the chronic illness community. And they talk about our brain's ability to wire into triggers, wire into symptoms. So if a person that's had Lyme disease or mold walks into a moldy building, they might regress four years in a couple hours. Inflammation, blood work, everything changes because that brain has been wired to that trigger. And so it's been the work of Annie Hopper and Dr. Gupta that we can break these limbic loops. And you'll hear... Everybody borrows from everybody else, right? So you hear, um, oh, oh goodness, Joe Dispenza Mm -hmm. talk about the nerves that fire together, wire together. And we can break up these pathways and change our body's reactivity to outside world, which is like meditation and breath work and ice. And how many different ways can we break up these loops that we're struggling under? So for me, like this conversation around rewiring the limbic system puts so much power back into the hands of the patient. Yep. It's like everything or or we can easily be this person that runs around and we chase wellness. We chase the ideal IV, the ideal, you know, the ideal ayahuasca experience, yeah. the technology, and it's just it's it's a piece of the puzzle for me that I've been looking for and and really like trying to find like what does this ideal program look like with mm-hmm. the limbic brain? And how do how do you integrate it? So I've I've stumbled across a guy named Ben Ahern, and Ben is somebody who had a TED talk, and Ben's talk is short; it's ten minutes. Everybody should go watch it. Ben Ahern's S on the end. Um, he has a scan of his brain when he starts out with all these lesions, MS, just scattered through his brain. Bedridden, can't move. He was a surfer. 
um, marketing guy, and he just looks like the saddest sack of shit ever. And then they show his brand later. It's completely clear. He's like riding a, a pipeline wave. And he, he talks about his um, his one thing that he started, and it was all with breath. And a single breath stopped his triggering. And that led him into this place where he could um, lean into this work around limbic retraining. So I've I've been really like, what am I perpetuating? Is like a person who still struggles with like little chronic things. I'm like so – like if you had to look at the mountaintop of health from coming from metastatic cancer to now, I'm so functional and I always want more. So for me, that's that's the answer. So There's so much to unpack there. I know. I talked for like 25 <laughs> minutes. But but it's, it's good. You condensed as much as you could into it. I appreciate that. In the last year alone, we've been focusing more on the dopamine receptors. Mm-hmm. So this kind of feeds into what you're thinking. So – most people think about dopamine and addiction and they relate that to one another. Nowadays they realize like dopamine and addiction kind of go hand in hand because that's what it, dopamine really is. It's this feedback loop like what you're talking about. And it's a reward pleasure system that basically gives you this motivation, right? That's what dopamine does. It gives you focus. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about this feedback loop of chronic illness, um, a lot of times people will have this on a loop. They don't realize it. Yeah. Um, it's we, we know vibration and frequency play a huge role in this because yeah. if they're on a lower vibration, they just tend to stay in that stuck area mm-hmm. of life, whatever that may be, the lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Well, and, they attract other similar ways. And they attract similar ways, right? But it keeps them it keeps sure. them suppressed or oppressed or whatever you want to look at it, right? It's not allowing them to fulfill their capabilities. So, you know, the dopamine is like a key and lock system is what I, I usually tell people. Yeah. When you have a receptor – you have a dopamine receptor all throughout parts of your body, but you really have them in the brain. And if you have a key going into a lock system, the receptor is the lock, right? Mm-hmm. That's the dopamine receptor. So the lock, I mean, the key itself can be like sugar. It can be alcohol. It can be heroin. It can mm-hmm. be working out. It could be like, I'm addicted to people. I'm addicted to the sun. It's like, so addiction is not necessarily a bad thing. Right? And yeah. I think that's what you found. I think that's stigmatized. I, I, I say everybody's an addict. Right. Everybody. You have to be. I don't like – I struggle with addiction. I'm like, we're all addicts. It's what are you addicted to? And what are you choosing to either sit with for a while or yeah. move through to a different experience? Which is like I'm completely addicted to my morning routine. Like I'm not going to do shit until I've done my <laughs> morning routine. But it, it, And it feels like an addiction because if I leave and I haven't done that – it feels like a withdrawal, like a similar thing that, you know, if I've ever been addicted to anything else where you get these withdrawals. Yeah. And, but another thing I wanted to unpack on there is that people do get stuck in that like mode of, or, or that mentality that I need to fix something. Yeah. Right. And it's, um, and it's almost like, well, sometimes you're not necessarily broken or you're beautifully broken. Or you're beautifully broken. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that, that ID, that ideology, it's really interesting and it's so subtle. And what I've, again, from experiencing this, how subtle that undercurrent of like a broken neural pathway can exist. And when you see it come up as, it could be as prominent as a, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in somebody with a, a, a trauma response that's very visceral and it's like, you know, you can see, you're like, whoa, you're, you're in a, you're in a freeze response right now. Like, let's just, let's step it back. Let's unpack it. Um, that can happen on the, the mast cell activation. We can get these wild histamine responses from people walking through the cleaning aisle at Target. Mm. Yep. And that will trigger 
mm-hmm. what, what sciatica. Yep. You know, or this chronic nerve pain, or and then, but people don't always because that's not taught to anybody. They don't link two and two together, and and they just think it's oh now I've got to go back to the drawing board, and it's like well what is the pattern that's firing that inflammatory response? Where does that exist? Was it a chemical trigger? Was it an emotional trigger? I've had it be an emotional trigger many, many times. Totally. can't. It can totally be one. Yeah. So, so in, in chiropractor school, we were taught thoughts, tots, and toxins. Mm. Okay? Because essentially, if you want to just simplify it as easy as we can say it, um, health is the battle in your innate intelligence versus your universal forces, mm-hmm. which are going to bring you down. Stressors like physical, chemical, and mental stressors are your environment. You have your epigenetics, now your genetics, Mm -hmm. that are the cards you're dealt with. You sprinkle on your lifestyle, and all of a sudden it's up to your body to be able to withstand all that. So we have to respond better to stress. Yeah. And there's no way around it. Like you said, like addiction is, yeah, it's not, it's, we're addicted to something, but stress is inevitable. People say, oh, I'm really stressed out right now. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. You're always going to be stressed. Like the sun stresses us in a good way. Stress gets you up out of bed and motivated to where you can complete your task and you can be highly functional and get that corporate job you want. Yeah. Because that's the only thing you have left in the tank at the end of the day because you've eaten like crap your whole life and you haven't stored anything healthy. So now you decide at age 35 to 40, it's like, oh, now's the time to get in shape. And I'm like... Bro, <laughs> yeah. are you serious now? Yeah. You know, but it's that idea of like, how did you get through this whole life? And you're like, on pure adrenaline. What's adrenaline made out of? Caffeine. Dopamine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> it's made of dopamine. Yeah. Right? So that's what we're addicted to. We're addicted to our own production of dopamine because that's how we need to survive. We're dope sick. Yeah. We're, <laughs> essentially. It's, right? it's wild to think about it that way. I... The, the other thing I want to pack is uh, unpack is the, the toxicity piece. Yeah. You know, that's something I'm always looking at because we hear that. Yeah. I also want to say that, like, as a person who's – I'm like 130 podcasts recorded. There's like 100. I thought you were going to say 130 years old. I was like, I'm yeah. Damn. That's awesome, dude. That is awesome. I am 44. You figured I it out. I am 44, which I always feel like – I feel good for 45. Yeah. You look great for 44. Yeah. You look great for 44. I, I – uh, this – this um in this experience of talking to so many people, I'm always questioning, and I'm sure you guys are, that I don't regurgitate stuff and just say, well, and just, it's so often something can sound so exciting and sexy that we regurgitate it and we're like, oh yeah, that guy said this, it's fact, it's true. And so I'm always, I'm constantly challenging myself to be like, is, is, is toxicity, is it the burden that we believe it to be? Does unburdening the system from all your uh, all your all your microbacteria, your heavy metal toxicity, your environmental toxic toxins, does that bring elite health? Like in my experience, it doesn't. Yeah, you're correct. It, that it, it, you're right about that. It helps. It helps. So, well, so, but it's like the whole idea. Like you can wipe it way too clean, right? Because stress does help you grow. Well, that is true. So. Yeah. Example of this, uh, I always joke about, I saw in the gym years ago during the start of the pandemic that they were uh, doing uh, cleaning crews in between sessions yes. of people, right? Remember I this? Ex- I experienced that. Right. And you saw it and they had the Ghostbusters proton pack on yeah. the back that they were spraying like at the outside, like spraying down the weeds and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, what is in that? Right. You know, like yes. that's not good for you because it's antiseptic, which means it's wiping out all your good bacteria, all your good viruses, all your parasites, all your fungus that are in your body already as your shield 
Mm-hmm. And if you don't ever re put, if you don't ever uh, reiterate and replenish, then essentially you miss your security wall because the viruses and the bacteria that make up your microbiome runs through your entire digestive tract that starts from your mouth to you know your your anus and right. uh, and that's outside your, world the outside world right <laughs> essentially knows to tell and what you're thinking is it's a security wall and if you're missing any parts of that because you have not been eating farm to table from your own backyard you're eating something that's been brought in a jar or a package that's taken 30 steps to get to your plate yeah there's a disconnect to your environment which we already know that is a recipe for disaster as well yeah so then I say, okay, think about addiction. When people are stressed out, what do they eat usually? What types of foods? Carbs. Go for high sugar. They go for high carbs and sugars, right? So pica, that old terminology of like, you know, it's a person who's so nutrient deficient that they're just chomping away at dirt and clay and ice and all that, right? Mm. Essentially, it's the same approach when someone's drinking a soda. They're addicted to the idea that this is a beverage that they need to consume, but they don't know why they're consuming it. Yeah. They crave it for some reason. And what I think was incredible about this is the psychologists who were teaching the madmen back in the 60s and 70s at General Mills about addiction, it's like, do you realize there's this thing called dopamine receptors in your body? Yeah. And there's this incredible thing that when you have your dopamine elevated, not increased mm-hmm. like and like production is different if it's elevated because we can spike our dopamine it goes back to the idea of saying do we need too much or too little no we need a range mm-hmm. just like the microbiome there needs to be a range not an overgrowth of the bacteria not an overgrowth of the viruses but a range same with the dopamine same with your hormones same with your inflammatory markers yeah right like you can have inflammatory markers walking around and it's just basically the school monitor yeah Right? Not yeah. a bad thing. You kind of want that person out there doing something. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. There's yeah. there's so many ways I want to go right now with this conversation. I just sat down with – it was um, – it's the company's called Equilife, and they basically do a version of – they have some, a lot of at-home testing you can do. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of managing your wellness from home, and it's everything. It's an organic acids test. It's a metals. It's a neurotransmitters. It's genetics. It's a stool test. It's an environmental chemical test. So I sat down with them, and I'm going to have Dr. Cabral, who does the rain barrel effect, who looks at environmental toxicity and its effect on on our genetics, epigenetics. And I ordered an envirochem test, and just for fun, just to see, like, your top 20 it's every metal, rubber, plastic, microplastic, everything, herbicide, pesticide, all broken down into the, like the DMP and the DAT and everywhere. <laughs> and then they tell you where it comes from. So I sat down with this consult. And first of all, not to toot my own horn, but I'm going to toot my own horn, is that the woman's like, I've never seen this. It's like, I don't see tests like this. And she goes, normally we look for things that are above like the 90 percentile and we'll go explore that you know, a range that's like some level of toxicity. She's like, we live in the modern world. Everybody's exposed. Normally, these environmentals do have a short half-life. So we can off-gas them relatively quickly if we have a functioning liver. She's like, but your mine was in the point zero zero four every single marker <laughs> except for two. She goes, I, I don't understand how you're doing this. And I was like, I told her a little, I'm like, well, this is, this is I kind of live the life, right? Yeah and do all the things but it was fascinating back to the toxicity and the idea 
does it cause a burden and does it have an immediate effect on how we show up in the world? Yeah. Yes. yes. And so what was amazing is when we went down through the toxicity levels, she'd be like, oh, that's number 17. She's like, that is actually associated. That's one of the main ingredients in the rubber that they're putting on all these new fancy playgrounds. So when kids fall off a swing or a climbing apparatus that oh, they don't. Oh, that, that like soft ground yes, kind of deal? Yes, that yeah. soft ground deal. Uh, she goes, that is incredibly toxic. And I'm having these kids show up with 98 percentile, Damn. you know, filled into their blood. And the kids that are autistic and have different wiring from left and right hemisphere of the brain, they're just going wild. Their communication centers su- shut down. You know, they're going and they're to the all play- being diagnosed with ADHD. Well, they're <laughs> going to the playground to to engage in a state of play and showing up with yeah. like these huge hits to nervous system, reactivity to outside world. So it all matters like the wiring, sure. the terrain, how you present in the world. But this can be to, – to speak to toxicity, to bring it to a close – it can be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Correct. It's not everything. Correct. But it does matter. Correct. Correct. And what could be that little extra ingredient? Yeah. Yeah. What, to to look at the point you just made. What about the detox system? And what's of interesting? Okay. So for people who might not be up to date on autism research, what we're finding is is that their detox mechanisms mm-hmm. that that are in innate that. And basically everyone, right? You have a detox system to get rid of toxins, yeah. right? Like you're always going to be exposed to them. It's just that if your system gets too overwhelmed, you cannot filter these things out of your system mm-hmm. and you store them, okay? You could make the case that when they say cancer is preventable, it is because sometimes if you store things that are toxic, they turn into cancer. Yeah. That's what cancer does, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, it mutates the cell, right? Like. At that point, there's so I mean, there's there's the energetic, there's emotional, transgenerational. I mean, there's but it goes back to any kind of toxin, yeah, a taught, a taught, it has the ability to do that, right? Yeah. The epigenetics, like you say, break the camel's back is incredible. So, then what's interesting is looking at what we've done in the last couple of years, people come in, they'll do IVs, right? Just like what you're doing right now, yeah, and they'll say, Well, how often should I do this? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You need to detox all the time. You're like, well, should I do like a like you know once a, once a month or like you know whatever? I'm like, we well, need to detox every day. Yeah. So like, I don't know how well you detox, but let's look at your detox methods. So yeah. then we analyze this, and this is a perfect example of looking at how someone's functioning. How's the sleep? How's their pooping habits? How often do you poop? <laughs> your breathing. It's huge. <laughs> it is huge. Breathing. Yeah. Sweating. Yeah. Peeing. Those are your detox methods. Yeah. And then and then if you think about it, how many of those in your daily life are you excelling at? Right. Okay, I can wild. tell you right now, Balder, how many times did you go this morning? Well, I was going to make a comment because <laughs> I, I went to a friend's house last night and, and like her mom kept uh, bragging about uh, – like this pizza that she made, like I really don't, I stay away from grains or whatever. And and she just like, can you got, and so I did. So I pooped this morning twice already, but both times it wasn't as easy as I usually poop. And mm. I usually poop like three times by 12. Wow. That's <laughs> so, amazing. So anything that throws that off, I'm like, that's why I shouldn't yeah. have eaten that pizza last night. That's right? been, and, that, and it's whatever, right? It's one of those things that you want to, yeah. you want to like balance things out every once in a while. It's not, I'm not going to do it again for another month probably because, because yeah. <laughs> I'll remember it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, but it's great to be f- for me, you know, we can, what's the proverb? It's like, you can pad the whole world or you can have really good shoes so you can go everywhere. 
Yeah. You know, that yeah, the, yeah. the idea, it's like, there's an idea of like, do I, am I bulletproof because I'm resilient or do I dodge bullets? Whatever, whatever, you know, you can, everything in the, in the world and the terrain that we experience, we've all known those people. They're like, they're so neurotic about the outside world and the environment that it's like, they're avoiding everything to be, or maintain a state of balance or health. Or you have the state of resiliency where you can go eat that gluten pizza. Um, and I think that's so, that's so amazing that it's we breeze over that like we are the rare creature in the world that becomes stronger through stress it doesn't happen with a with a plate right if you drop a plate on the floor eventually it's going to break correct correct we we all we become more and more resilient if especially when we frame stress Mm -hmm. and we accept it into the field is like wait a second like this is who i am i am a resilient healing autocorrective being this is my nature this is my nature to heal. Yeah. We forget that. Well, we I mean, it's healing even the situation that, like, hands. if you look at it from an evolution, like, uh, Big Bang Theory, right? Like, it would, we would have, the fucking main one source of nucleus would have never exploded without stress. Mm-hmm. Without any sort. I mean, it was an extreme amount of stress, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. stress has made us, has made life the way it is. So, I'm always thankful for it. What I think where we get lost in sometimes is, is the awareness of it because we, we you talked about breath earlier mm-hmm. and and so many times breath is the answer to so many things because it's the first thing that goes right like yeah. you start breathing faster you start breathing different patterns but if we're not even if you're able to notice that and, and like calm your breathing back you can work work the problem backwards right like well let me start with like controlling my breathing and then that usually brings me peace and then I get time to either. Well, sometimes that's that's the answer in itself. But yeah. if anything, I can at least start thinking about like, well, what else, and what other state could I be in? Can I put myself in to uh, to, to so that I can live in a way that I want? Because yeah. sometimes we just forget about that, right? People, like you said, like there's traumatic responses, but there's and there's triggers and all this other stuff. And but the thing that you'll notice is that the breathing pattern changes right yeah. away. Right away. If any, yeah. if nothing else changes, the breathing pattern changes. Right, and I like that. Let's let's segue into it because I see what you're wearing right there. I've been wearing mine consistently since a year. I wear mine at night though. Yes. On airplane mode. Yep. But let me ask you, you've learned a lot about your breathing habits and your heart rate. I bet over yeah. the last year, what have you learned about yourself? From wearing BioStrap, which I absolutely, it's like my my monitor of choice. Which I tell people, I'm like, I don't like rings. That's the only reason I like Aura Ring, but I like wearing a wrist strap um i have learned that i really need to monitor the last hour and a half before bed mm. like what am i doing to down regulate as far as the breath because what biostrap is telling me it's like my spo2 my heart rate variability my sleep latency um you know how much movement i get in a day i i, I can witness what things affect my recovery zone and after a while, you can look at it on your phone and be like, why am I still doing this? Yeah. It's yeah. a great mirror for me. That's I've really learned to like um, look at my behavior pre-bed. Now, sleep, since I went through like the immune dysfunction of Lyme disease, has been a huge challenge for me. Huge. And even, even had a recurrence of terrible insomnia in the pandemic. First year of the pandemic, almost for four months, I was doing like two hours a night. And, and if you've ever went through insomnia to anybody listening to this podcast, like my heart goes out to you because everything feels so bad, everything. And I, I, I could not hack it. You know, I, I, and I had all the tools in the world. It was really through this process of like 
allowing, like being brought to your knees, which I kind of moved through that space. But my last like two months have been like some of the best sleep I've ever got in my life. And, and it's because I'm continuing to flip rocks and see what does my body need? What's the down regulation? Yep. Is it breath work? You know, I have, I have an ice bath in my back, my backyard that I, I engineered ice on demand. Um, the ice does well, doesn't do as well with ice and breath. The breath like uh, upregulates the experience of the ice by like tenfold for me. I always say it when I'm doing like, what a state change. (laughs) I'm like amazed. And I like, I I love cold exposure, but if you're skipping the breath with it, for me, I've learned it just doesn't have the same effect. Of course not. And if I do the breath work, what I found is the entrepreneurial train, uh, the adrenaline rocket that we can ride in this idea that like what I'm building, what I'm creating blah 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 me like if i ride that rocket to 5 30 and i don't downregulate in the middle of the day i'm fucked because it's almost too much yep. to, to counteract one one breath work and ice doesn't do it like for me i've learned with biostrap i've got to take a couple times during the day to downregulate. yeah yeah and and the most powerful thing for me with breath is actually singing like I'll pull up an old um, – I didn't mention this in thing. I used to do like Broadway music theater in New York for 20 years. And so I, I was I, – <laughs> Just this little thing I used to did do. That. <laughs> I did that. I moved to New York to be – Just sort of – Because I wanted to sing. I love to sing. And and there's – I mean half your life you did that. Yeah. Pretty much. No, like more like, – like that's, like, that's who you were for a while. Yeah. That's who I was for a long time. As, and as a singer, I'll pull up these old voice lessons, which we're totally going to sing on Friday. Yes. We're talking about I'll pull up these old voice lessons and man, what I say the same thing. I'm like, what a state change. Because you have to do this low diaphragmatic breathing into the pelvic floor. And you're not trying to expel the air, you're trying to ride on the air as you sing. You know, mm. there's this idea that you're like trying to push air when you sing. You actually want to keep it in the container and have this pressurized balloon in the rib cage. So just that for 10, 15 minutes, you're like, everything's buzzing. You're going through the solfeggio, um, you're going through the range, you know, of all the notes that are exist that align with the chakra center. So you're all fired up energetically. You do this in the bath, uh, the ice tub, the the tub. I haven't sang in the ice yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's what I do in the tub, the cold plunge. I'm serious. So I do, uh, I standard guitar. Each yeah. E right. Yeah. So then, um, Easter bunnies get drunk at Easter. Yeah. That's how I remember it, right? Yeah. And so I hit that, and there's a Nepalan uh monk chant yeah that i hit and it it's the same notes as the chakras yeah so you start with grounding which is oh and then mm-hmm. oh and you go all the way up so i imagine even with breath work and i think maybe even help me think about this you can almost feel you releasing the 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 path as you go up the chakras and you can massage your nervous mm-hmm. system with vibration yeah, and your musical instrument will be activated once you hit, yeah, like up there to the top. Yeah, if you go up and down with it, it's always upwards. Yeah, always upwards to activate. You don't want to down regulate because that's down regulating your chakras. Yeah, if that makes sense, right? Yep. Yeah, it's it's well, wild. They do, they do the the chakra tuning forks. You've seen those? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And and they're different colors, and you go and do do the thing, and there's that chakra healing. That they do with tuning forks. Eileen McCusick, um, I 
feel like her book may be called The Resonance Effect. I might have that off. Eileen McCusick, anybody can Google that. She's mapped the human biofield with tuning forks. Nice. So the <clears> idea, <throat> the ideology or belief system that we have a bioenergetic field, that there is information stored about the body, memories, trauma, uh, uh, beautiful memories, uh, connection to source that are in the external that exists outside the body. So she's mapped this with tuning forks and she yeah. can even work distantly with people and has her testimonial page is unreal. Right. It's a frequency because that's all it is. Like if I can get that pitch from a, a distance, this is why, you know, like Rowdy, you know, he says like he can get a, a frequency from a distance because I guess he can sync with that mentally. There's, there are ways to do that. You can sync with anyone's vibration if you just are aware of it. From, yeah. your, from a sense standpoint mm -hmm. imagine like physical touch i can feel your vibration I'm like oh man i can yeah. feel how you feel yeah right so then like there's a networking adjusting that you heard about in chiropractic there's yes. networking energy work mm -hmm. imagine if you held hands with someone and you prayed what yeah. would that do to your down regulation yeah or would that be up regulation mm -hmm. right and i love how you use that term because you also use the term called the the auto endocrine system mm -hmm. we used to call it that but it's more of like the endocrine system we don't recognize that our bodies have this innate intelligence that it just does stuff for us that we don't even think about yeah you cut yourself it just heals it it you yeah. just, it stops bleeding yeah you're not breathing it breathes for you and then you almost have to overthink it to not breathe correctly and then we realize you're not breathing correctly and so it goes down to this the simplest ways to look at the health is there's an on-off switch to how you respond to stress the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic nervous system. Flight or fight versus rest and digest. Well, the rest and digest is when you can poop, which is very calm, which is usually first thing in the morning when you wake up in the morning. But most people are not very calm when they wake up in their morning routine, so they don't poop the rest of the day. And then they take a bunch of stimulants, they get stimulated, and then they can't poop out the day plus whatever they put in their body. Over, so it's like this constant cycle. There's your limbic yeah. system, right? But parasympathetic <clears throat> is incredible. If you can basically think about the one way that our bodies were designed to deal with stress, it's breath. Mm. If you can down-regulate the, uh, the sympathetic flight-or-fight mode, mm -hmm. I tell people, like, you just need to learn how to breathe. What do you mean? I'm like, you, you're not breathing correctly because you're not handling your stress. Because whenever you get stressed, you clench your teeth. You're a chest breather. You're clench up. Like you literally can feel your butt clench up. You're not grounded anymore. Yeah. You're not grounded anymore. Yeah. Grounding is parasympathetic. Yeah. All the way. Right? Yeah. Well, you also think about like, do you ever just check in if you're sitting there noticing if for some reason you have a fist? Yes. I was like, why, why do you, you know, like check yeah. in on those things, right? Those things are important, right? Yeah. Like to just check in. And see, like, what what part of my body isn't aligned with how the state that I want to be in right now, and and why is it that way? You yeah. Know? And then you go from there, I guess. But it's it's not easy. I'm not saying that it's easy, but it, but the thing, but it starts with at least checking in and and uh, being aware that it's in a certain way or that it's not in a certain way that you want, and so that we can. But which is why. The but, bio straps but that's help incredible. and like all those yes. things help because but that's incredible because that you can, can just go back at the end of the day. Yeah. You could set a scheduled thing, check my bio strap stats. Yeah, I mean, oh shit, yeah. Like <laughs> just, just to kind of reiterate this, so 
Freddie, you have a biostrap that measures biometrics, mm -hmm. breath work, your sleep, your stress response, because it's also HRV as well. Right. Okay. And your uh, recovery as well. I know Correct. that's a big, that's, I mean, it tells you whether or not you're able to handle more. Yeah. Like literally it checks in with you. Yeah. And Is this a good day to pull in a hormetic stressor like weightlifting? Maybe not. Right. That's right. incredible. And it's more about, it's just informative in nature, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's unbiased, objective data. Yeah, and the reason that I use the BioStrap is because of uh, the nocturnal HRV score, as well as with the sleep. It's one of the best ways to read sleep. Uh, it's yeah. one of the best devices actually out there. Yeah, and and what's fascinating is this is the future of how we're looking at taking care of our bodies. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, I I know I don't know if you want to go into it too much, but you were on Broadway. You had another part of your life afterwards. <laughs> where you were trying to take care of yourself. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you want to go into it too much, but it's an incredible story if you'd like to share it. Yeah, I I would love to. Okay. I would love to. And and I can I can keep it short and succinct. You know, I was I had moved to New York City in in 2001 and this is like literally a month after September 11th. The city's still smoking and I set down my bags and and went to an audition and I booked my very first show, a national tour of Annie Get Your Gun. So it was like on a Broadway tour right away. And it was just like this amazing, I was like, wow, this is pretty storybook, you know, and, and a really this on-ramp into um, better gigs and working at the Kennedy Center and like just learning and absorbing all these things that I had dreamed about. When I was 26, I found a, a nodule in my left testicle and I had went to a, a, a doctor and I just, it was like, I was concerned, you know, at the time I thought it was like, this is an STD probably. Um, and, and this doctor told me, he's like, listen, don't worry about it. Cancer doesn't hurt. Um, you know, get it looked at, but you know, at 26, I was like, great. Um, so I don't have to worry about it. Cause I'm um, the last thing I want to do is be in a doctor's office. I didn't even have health insurance at the time. Yeah. And so I let it go for three months, four months until finally I could barely stand. I crawled into, uh, a free health clinic and passed on to an emergency room. And then by the end of the day, I had this, I had a doctor walk in. It's actually a wild story that I don't know if I've ever told you this, the diagnosis story. I had a, I had passed out in the room cause I had been in tests all day, all day. I was in a robe. Um, all these doctors file in all these med students and they, all, everybody turns their back to me and they like, didn't even look at me in the face. And the guy pulls up this pad. He's like, this is a male with advanced testicular cancer. And that's how I heard it. And I just freaked out. I was like, everybody out. You know, I don't really, oh re really remember what happened. I, I got my clothes. I tried to get my phone. I ran down the hall to try to call my dad. It was so dramatic in true Broadway fashion. <laughs> I can only imagine that I'm calling this in to write this great book about it. It, it. I picked up the phone to call my dad. It was like AT&T was like, it was like, doo doo. They're like, you have not paid your cell phone bill. You don't have a working phone right now. So I had to call AT and T. I got on the, you know, I had to barter with all these people just to, just to get a hold of my dad. Got on a plane, went home to Rochester, testicular cancer. Um, when I woke up in the morning in that ho hospital, you know, they had been, I'd been doing scans all night long. They're like, let's see where the cancer is. It, is it in your brain? Is it in your lungs? And it was, it was. I woke up to a. a uh, CT scan on my belly and the doctor was just like had a pointer he's just like you've got cancer here 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 left kidney vena cava going to your heart and I was just like 
wait, I've, I'm still dealing with like, I've got cancer. <laughs> and now we're talking about where it is. And they're like, you're going to be prepped for surgery in a couple minutes, you know? So it was just this, such a shift in what my life was. It was like so dramatic. And I'll say this about, I had great doctors, great doctors, like baller, rock star, like Alec Baldwin and absence of malice, just like, you will not die. <laughs> you know, he was just like, guy, I rolled into surgery, slapped Lance Armstrong's book on my chest. He's like, read that. He's like, you're going to want to read that. Same cancer as Lance. And it was this, um, you know, we're going to do as much chemo as we can do. Chemo was done. Cancer wasn't gone. Now we're going to open your chest from sternum to belly. We're going to take out all your digestive organs. Underneath those is where the lymph nodes are, which is where the cancer's at. We're going to cut all that out. We're going to put you back together, staple you up. You know, it was kind of one of those things where, okay, great. Uh, I'm cancer-free. We've killed it all. We've blasted me with chemotherapy. We've cut it all out. I'm going to be good, right? I'm going to be on Oprah. This is going to be like a coming up of coming up story of like the greatest proportions you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to be back on Broadway. And it was within a month, I was being rushed to the emergency room with these abdominal adhesions where my small bowel was twisting. And the scar tissue had immediately formed around my small intestine because you've touched it with a human hand. And that can leave like this fingerprint and just scar tissue starts to grow like spider webs everywhere. It's not dissimilar from fibroids or endometriosis. The body has a certain propensity to grow these scar tissues. You know, I think there's lots of environmental factors and transgenerational things associated with scar tissue. But to keep the story short, um, this was happening every two months. Sometimes I'd end up in the emergency room and they would just like open it back up, take out another foot of intestine and close me back up. They're using the same scar. So I have a really gnarly like um, a really gnarly belly scar and eventually my immune system crashed, chronic fatigue syndrome, wild body pain, like a 10 out of 10, rheumatoid arthritis, hurt to step on my feet, my hands, I couldn't hold a coffee cup, couldn't close my hands. And, uh, that was like the rock bottom and it was the rock bottom that drove me to, you know, um, what am I going to do? <laughs> what? Nobody has answers for me. The only option on the table is continued surgeries. In fact, one doctor was like, you're a liability. I will not do surgery unless it's through the emergency room. He's like, I'm not going to open you up voluntarily because we're just going to keep cutting. So it was really that, um, you know, finding people like Tim Ferriss, Dave Asprey, started listening to podcasts, um, Mark Sisson, mm. uh, Paleo Effects, listening to the idea that whole food could have an effect on the body. And and that took me a little bit. Like I got some pain relief. And then, then I really started to get out there because – the symptoms of Lyme and chronic fatigue and like severe, severe chronic inflammatory responses syndrome are so wild. I mean, you're just really crippled with pain. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't pooping at all. The only way I could go to the bathroom was a coffee enema. Um, you know, yes, uh, nervous system dysfunction, but also we've got this, we physically like slicing your bowel. Mm -hmm. So we are going to forever change the transit time with which how you poop. So I have such poop envy when you talk about how much you poop. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that sounds amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and so it, like, just to sum it up, you know, me trying everything that you can imagine, hyperbaric, 
ozone therapy. I bought a machine. I was injecting myself at home. Um, fecal transplants, systemic enzymes, long-term fasts, juice fasts, liver cleanses, gallbladder flushes, pulse electromagnetic field, uh, electrostim, you name it. I tried. I have these... I have these like three cards that you guys have seen on my slide deck that mm -hmm. I'll, I actually keep one card in because it's annoying to go through all the lists of all the things that I tried. And it's not that any of those things did or didn't find me benefit. It's that I was in this seeking loop looking for this one thing to like bring me out of. Like what's the answer? Yeah. What's the answer? What's yeah. the thing that, you know, and there isn't a thing is what I've learned. It's me. Like I had to really get deep inside. I had to get clear. It all has an effect on overall health. But when I started to take radical ownership of where I was at and saying, wow, the functionality that I have today of being able to walk and talk is, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. I want to go do backflips on a snowboard, but that's not going to happen right now, <laughs> you know, or, or a trampoline or whatever, you know, uh, I had to take radical ownership of like, wow, I'm not pooping, but I, I can pee. Yeah. You know, I had to really do these like micro awards of like, what do I have? And really just celebrate those and, you know, start using things like amp coil, pulse electromagnetic field and frequency. I'll be honest with you, the PEMF, um, which is really a bioacoustic magnetic field and red light therapy, took me within four months from, from having these lay on the floor, puke for two day, uh, small intestinal obstructions to nothing to it not happening which was supposed to be impossible yeah so technology has served me well which is why i talk a lot about technology on the podcast you know yep. um, i've seen it be amazing for people like me i've seen people have wild wild recovery you know the guy i talked about ben with all the lesions on his brain he he was a person that i had met before i didn't realize it he had also bought an amp coil at, at one time you know, wild things from red light therapy, um, f full body eczema, you know, all these, you know, hear about these stories. Um, I think again, I'll, again, if you don't have that radical ownership of, of where you're at and the benefits and, um, take full ownership of your disease and your wellness, these things will all have very limited effect. Everything, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so it's just that, you know, so today I'm super functional, you know, I do a podcast, um, I have a growing, thriving community here in Austin. I love being here. I love hanging with guys like you and <laughs> coming over here to do IV uh, infusions of all the fun stuff and being in Barton Springs and um, and getting dating. some sunlight, sunlight and like dating, yeah. and like all the things. Right? I, I, I'm I'm really like that story that I just told. I know thousands of people who are still at home, still bedridden. I mean, this is the community because when you're in, you're in those support groups, right? Yeah. It's the parents that maybe, maybe I don't know the, the person that's struggling with that chronic illness, but, but it's the parents holding space, waiting for their kid to get out of bed, yeah. that they've been in bed, they've missed high school for five years. You know, being imagine your your arrested development. You get sick at fourteen or fifteen from these chronic inflammatory response syndromes, and I really I hate saying Lyme because it's not Lyme. So many people have Lyme, Borrelia, Bartonella bacteria. It's all transmitted sexually. If anybody wants to look that up, it's really fascinating. Or through being in the same household as someone, we share a space with someone. You will adopt their biome in their gut. Um, it's not about the bacteria, but many many people that are 
you know, whatever was the straw that broke the camel's back at 14. And now I'm, and now I have these conversations with these people through the podcast that are 26 and they're just in this same, and I can see that secret mentality, you know, and there's so much dynamic to being ill, right? It's like, it's great that you have a family taking care of you. And also I see that, like that relationship. I'm like, Ooh, I'm like, you got to break out of that nest and like kind of be on your own for a little bit, which I was very lucky to, I was on my own when all this happened. And I was in New York city. Do you know how hard New York city is to be an actor, <laughs> to, be a, to be a performer? It's like a 98% unemployment rate. And here I am with like cancer and all these surgeries. I'm, I, by the way, I'm still performing through all that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, that was going to be one of my questions. Are you still performing? Yeah. I'm not. I mean, I sing, I will sing here. And no, I meant like throughout <clears throat> this whole, through all that whole thing. I, yeah. I sang and danced. That's cool. The whole thing. Was that like a, you sat in the back kind of like, I need to prepare myself because I'm about to do this thing. Yeah. I never missed a show for all that shenanigans that I talked about. I could always get it up for a performance and be back in the hotel room suffering in silence. A lot of times I did not tell many people that I worked with that it was as bad as it was. Yeah. Um, You know, I would come to work, I'd be a little yellow or green or jaundice and they'd be like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, just having a tough day, blah, 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 blah. You know, hiding that. But because, I got this, right? But I got this. See, yeah. that's why I always say champions find a way, right? Like you always find a way to get yeah. things done, right? And and even solutions. And it's not that it, there was a solution because you, you just said like there wasn't a solution. There no. Was, there's a, but it's <laughs> that, but because the seeking thing can get a little overwhelming. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're not doing any of the seeking, then you're not going to bump into the little things that do help, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a bunch of little things. I like to say energy behind the action. So you can be a seeker, but is is it in that mindset that there's a desperation or it is in this state of constant curiosity? And so it's like, wow, yeah. this, is, this is so interesting. My body is responding this way. How wild. It's hard with pain that bad mm-hmm. when your pain's at like a 10, yeah. but you can do it. And, and people do it. <laughs> Well, it, it's funny you say this because they've taught us 10 out of 10 pain means they're suicidal and you need to tell them to go to the ER because the pain's so bad. Yeah. But the crazy thing is when you tell people like in the pain world, they say, well, pain won't ever kill someone. And I'm like, I don't think it – that's an open-ended statement right there, you know, like because the truth is pain can, but it, it, it apparently shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe it and, – and I don't really know how to phrase that because what you said was the most incredible rebuttal to life throwing you the worst possible news ever. Yeah. And you just said, I don't have time for this. I got to keep going. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. Without I'll, without even questioning it almost. I didn't question it. I'll, I'll tell you what I think the – when I, I referenced insomnia and the pandemic, I think for me – and I do believe it's not in an egoic way, but I think it's all happening for my spiritual sure. growth. Whatever this reality is, is that we want to argue reality. That's another great podcast. Um, that at 26, I didn't have the knowledge or the awareness to question any of it. It was just headstrong. I'm like, great, let's let's do it. Because I didn't know about disease. I didn't I didn't ever think that at 26 I was going to have cancer let alone cancer that had spread everywhere or, you know, these, a lot of these things were new. So I just, I took it as fact. We just did it. Um, I think that 
in the insomnia. I'm so glad I looped that back in. Must be the NAD. The insomnia <laughs> that I. Where's my bag at? Oh my yeah. god, it's going slow. Yeah. Turn this up. Um, the insomnia in the pandemic was the world stopped, yeah. and all of a sudden the trauma of like what I did caught up to me, and I was terrified. Mm. I was terrified for four months. Like when I was driving in a car, every car that passed me on the road, I'm like, they're gonna, they're gonna jerk their wheel, they're gonna hit me head on. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Everything was a. Th- I was so scared. The fear that came up in my body, and I, I believe because, as you said, it's like I didn't question it. It was head down. I'm like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. A lot of that was ignorance. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be good. We're gonna do it. Had, I have tools that are really robust now to help me deal with this. If anything else unique happens in my life. I've also called in that I would like to learn lessons going forward in ease and grace that I don't need to learn them through this dramatic fashion, which was very Broadway. <laughs> right. I'm mean, serious. I know. I know what you're saying. I, I appreciate it, but no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got it. I got it. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to read about it. I'd like to explore this in my meditation or in a relationship with a dynamic partner. There's lots of ways we can learn these. Sure. Same um, you know, the big keystones of life. So, yeah. If it, that That's a common question that I ask people all the time or, or guests often enough where I'll ask them, do you think that people, that we need to go through like a, like a very deep, very like bottom of the barrel, like worst case scenario to get gains in life, to, to, to make progress in life? You know, because you always hear p- people having like those near death stories and then it's like, and then after that, Boom, like all, you know, greatness, right? Like, do we have to go through that really bad situation, very unique, uniquely bad situation in order to make those progress? And I think the answer to that is no. Like you just said yourself, like I already called it in to me that I don't want it to be a really hard lesson that way. Well, (laughs) hindsight is 2020. Now I can say that. Correct. I, I don't think I would, I always say the best thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life is cancer. The best. I mean, the conversations that I can have now, the deep level of awareness, my understanding of the body and the integration of a systems approach to wellness, I wouldn't even be in this conversation. I don't know what I would be doing. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you this, the, um, I did love to sing. You know, but I can I can I can go back to the moment in my mind when I was like in the back of my car in my my parents my parents are in the front and and I could not sing and I remember my brother was in chorus and we went and saw him and my parents were like applauding and clapping and after they were like Chris you did such a great job you were amazing and I was like I could sing <laughs> and, and they were like and everybody sort of laughed at me they were yeah. like Freddie you can't sing you're tone deaf you know and and I like took that to heart so um there was definitely a piece of me like proving everybody wrong I'm like I can sing I can fucking sing on Broadway <laughs> like you know I could be in Phantom of the Opera whatever um so that life that life of being in New York it was so egoically charged sure um working was great but I'm going to tell you, booking a job and telling uh, your agent uh, the money you were going to make or calling your parents and be like, look what I did. Um, you know, that was very – that was a loop. That was a loop that um, um, I miss. I, lo- I would love to go back to performing one day. 
you know, I, I never say I'm done with it. I still vocalize. I still practice. I have tap shoes in my Jeep right now. I'll go yeah. bust out the board. Um, I see you on Instagram all the time doing yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I still do it. I, I don't think it's done for, I don't, I don't know when that'll be, but I would love to go back and experience theater and really be in it. Cause a lot of times when I was in the show, I was like waiting for the show to be over. I wanted to be out. We I, should totally do a little 15, 20 minute uh, skit or performance at the festival. Totally. Like we as need a, a group, talent show. Like a health talent. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> I will that would be cool. I will choreograph it and we'll teach it. We could do it. That would wow. be cool. Okay. Wow. That's cool. You're here, here yeah, first. Right, there it is. You're right. here, here first on cool. the podcast. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. That would be really cool, actually. I would love to do that. <laughs> I yeah. would love to do that. Were, were you in the talent show when we were in college? And uh, and I mean, I did a dance thing, and we did a, like five songs in a row, and it was we practiced for man. I remember that it was it was just like a Greek week thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we practiced for like three weeks because we wanted to beat all the other fraternities, <laughs> and like the other things were like sports related. So like whatever we 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 were either good or we weren't. And, but the thing that would like we all knew we had to practice because none of us were good at it was the performance for the singing and the dancing and yeah uh, and uh, and it was and it was a thrill it was remember like long nights at back then it was like long nights with men which meant like lots of beer lots right. of whatever yeah. it, it but it was fun. fun right but it was fun yeah it's so fun to lean into your creative artistic <laughs> yep. side there's it's yeah. it is very godlike oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know into yeah. for me for, uh you know taking somebody else's lyric and music and again, this happens. It's better now when I like go sing now. There's like a piano night in Austin. Actually, there's one coming up on the 10th that, that I'll I'll go do. It's called Piano Par- Parties ATX, and it's a bunch of people who who love music theater. We go sing at a coffee shop for four hours. That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, that's and awesome. And bring up bring a piano and bring up bring a mic. But for me to like take somebody else's music and words and like put your lived experience into that song, it's so it's so godlike. Yeah. And you know you're you're reaching a different part of the person's energetic field, their brain when you sing, and and it's it's a wild way to share your gifts. You know that's why when I usually speak, I I sing. I usually get a song in there somewhere. Yeah. Um. What whatever it is, and it's it's like it's a it's a great reminder of the power of music, the healing power of music. Yeah. You know, health can be so serious and so heavy sometimes. I do think it's valuable to bring some. Some some, edu- play. some some play some edutainment, yeah. right? Disease is it's sickness and Lyme and mold. It is. It's dark. It's heavy. Yeah. Uh, it's burdened. You often rationalize it like I don't have time to do that. I'm I gotta I gotta get busy getting well. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Yeah. You know. Well, I just yeah. think that we all everyone needs to play more. Yes. Like, just you have to play more. Yeah. Right. And it was cool. I went home this weekend and I met six new ones, six new kids. Mm-hmm. I think the oldest from them was like seven, maybe eight. And they're, and I'm just like, this is fun. Like this, just because like, they're just playing, like not giving a fuck. Right. Like they're just doing the thing and asking all those questions. I was like, I can't believe she asked that to some, you know, the stuff like that. And I was like, that's cool. Like I, I, I love to get that energy in because it reminds me of like where am i not playing enough like what parts of my like when am i holding back on a question because i think it's too serious like but it doesn't have to be it could be playful yeah right like where in what aspects of my life am i not playing enough and i think that's a great question it it always um this has been coming up a lot the new things the limbic loop but the idea of i ask myself 
this a lot. I'm like, where am I climbing to? Where am I going? You know, it's easy as an entrepreneur. You're trying to build something, build a business. Um, you're building a podcast. You're building a platform, whatever that the egoic, you know, entity would tell us. Um, but where am I really going? Aside from having to a, a space where I can be more present, where I can be more now, yeah. where I can be in the state of, of experiencing a joy. Because on the big timeline, we're not, I know people are like, I want to make a mark. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. A mark where? What? What does that mean? Like on the big timeline, right? This will all go, it'll all go away. Right? It's my belief system yeah. that, that we're here, that there's, I think the mark is made on the, the energetic imprint of the spirit. That's perfect. Yeah. You I know, the so. energetic, uh, I'll often have people ask me, they're like, especially when they're asking me, how do I use frequency to be well? I'm like, well, <laughs> you are frequency. It, everything exists on an electromagnetic spectrum. That is the universe, electromagnetic fields. And that the fingernail or the skin or the tooth or the liver, we can all feel those immediately and, and notice a tactile difference. That's a result of that oscillating pattern. It's all a vibration. It's all a frequency. And the law of thermodynamics, which no energy is really destroyed. It just is going to change Transferred. forms. Yeah. I'm always back to where are we climbing? Like I'm cultivating an experience. This electromagnetic signature is learning in some way. There's growth happening there. And that's the only thing I need to focus on. But we get really caught up in climbing, right? Mm-hmm. And and especially you can watch the, the the bow has been pulled back on the arrow after the pandemic. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and you see everybody. They're like, where? I'm like, where do you? They're like, well, now that the world's open, we've got to do this and this. And I'm built. And I'm like, where are you going? Yeah. You know, but you can feel it. Yeah. I've never had so many people message me on social media and be like, hey, I'm not well, and just straight out. And I'm like, I love that. I love that people are that have that candor. And it's a very common question. I've also had six friends in the last two months be diagnosed with cancer under 40. Yeah. Like this, there's, there's people, I think the awareness around like, okay, yes, there's no mark. It's all about this, this moment, this now. Um, how are you going to optimize that experience? Yep. Yep. I said at the beginning of the pandemic, I said, are people going to get healthier out of all this? Cause now's the time. Yeah. They had all the time in the world. Literally. And well, because it used to be like, well, the excuse was like, I'm at work all the time. It's like, well, now you're not at work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? there's, <laughs> there's, there's no excuse anymore. There's so, no, there's no excuse. The thing is, it's apathy. Apathy is very hard to treat because when you have someone who just doesn't realize that they should care, you can look at it from that perspective instead of they don't care. Hmm. Because when you say they don't realize they don't care, what does it take for them to realize that they should if that's a fight worth fighting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, there's also a lot yeah. of just, I don't want to say misconceptions, but just miseducation, right? You know, again, going back to, I went, I was, went home this weekend and it was Mexico, border town, but Mexico. And every meal was the same thing. It was just like two, three liter Cokes and as far as the food, you can pick and choose what you're going to choose to, to eat. Like, yes. You know, because there was plenty of food. I was like, well, I'm not going to eat that. I'll eat hmm. that. But the drinks was either 
well, you can actually do the tap water, which luckily my foresight, I brought my own water. But other than that, it was just like Coke. And that was, and it was like, Hey, after dinner, the kids were told like, finish your dinner first. So that way you can have Coke. Mm, Wow. And it was like that. It was like, that's not a reward. (laughs) You know, like that. And so, but it's, but they don't know better. Right. And I could have, now there was also a lot of people there. So for me to try to be like, Hey guys, like, please don't do that. It probably wouldn't have worked. It might work with a one-on-one conversation Yeah. more. Right. And then hopefully that trickles down. But I also wasn't, I wasn't there for that either. I was yeah. there to like connect with them and yeah. just love on them and have them love me back. And that's it. Uh, but, but where, where would they find that information? Right. Because over in Mexico, the one thing I liked is that all the cokes said uh, excessive amount of sugar, mm-hmm. excessive amount of calories and anything that had a, that's just part of their nutritional label. Anything that has an excessive amount of sugar or calories, it's slapped on there. Yeah. And and I was like, well, that's cool. I wish we were doing that, yeah. that part of it. But yeah. it doesn't really matter because people still grab it. Yeah. It's just more of like we did our due diligence. Yeah. There's a convenience factor. Oh, yeah. There's a convenience factor in the idea that over the last three years, people should have had a food shortage and it didn't happen. They should have been able to actually realize that we're going to stop getting some of our favorite products but that didn't happen Mm. they didn't have to do anything in fact they had all their food brought to their doorstep now you had mcdonald's delivering food on a routine basis now when they used to not do that they wanted people to come to them and so now if they're saying we got to go to you then how much more easy is it to just say well i got nothing else to do at home what should oh i can eat there's always food right even though people are hungry you move to Austin, there's food deserts here, right? Which is pretty mm. incredible if you think about it. So you say, all right, why is this happening? I think, well, it's because that's the only option. Because like you said from advertising the other night, McDonald's is everywhere. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, they, they throw top dollar to be everywhere. In fact, I was reading something. The pharmaceuticals paid top dollar to be at the Academy Awards recently. So they know. They want the marketing dollars yeah. to basically say, guess what? Someone told us. Every single thing is just to pull data from you because what the companies want to know is what's your next move. They're good at that. They're well, so very they can, good so at that. So they can be there before you, right? So they can be there before you. They yeah. can and welcome they, you. They can make you well, they can crave be, the new product that you never yeah, seen before. Yeah, well, they can be there before you and welcome you with with love. Right? Like, like we were expecting oh, you. Oh, we were here. We yeah. were here waiting for exactly. you. Exactly. Come on in. Yeah. That's such a beautiful, <laughs> incredibly broken way to look at like marketing because it's true. It goes back to the addiction process because they have psychologists telling them if you make it with sugar, they will come. They will come. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's essentially it. If you put sugar in it, they'll buy it again. If, they make yeah. it, if you make it with sugar, they will come. <laughs> right. Well, what about kids' food? Like I said, put some sugar in it, and the parents will say, we can't get the kids to shut up about this. They need it all the time. Yeah. Incredible. It's an interesting problem to solve, the marketing. The only reason I can um, comment on this in a unique way, I'm sure you guys can too, is acting as a an advisor for some of these tech companies in the wellness space. It's very hard to be heard on the whatever uh, – search engine you're on whether it's google or facebook or you know it's pay to play it's um i i in my experience has been that that model of getting your message out is very much like a fun house or a clown mirror that it's often the message goes out but the response is really lackluster and i'm like for what we're offering here 
for what we're offering, um, it, it blows my mind with how hard it is to, um, to be heard in the wellness space. You know, it's really the way in which we engage online now in web two, you know, we're looking at this web three being developed where it should be the idea, you know, we just saw Elon buy a, a big chunk of Twitter, Yep. you know, and how is this going to, how is this interaction going to happen on the web? And does, does big pharma or does big industry own your data? Do we start to own our data and does it move on something like a decentralized blockchain, which is really interesting to me. I, I mean, I can't tell you the times that we've tried to run a, run a, a ad or a marketing something for a product. And it's like, no, you can't use that word. Can't yep. use that word. Can't oh, use no. that word. Or it's pulled down, and it's very, very benign language. You know me. I'm. Mean, it's like. A, oh, I know. It's like the. I, we're not. This is about the body's ability to heal or autocorrect. I know. And it's just pulled down. I'm like, that's scary. Yeah. Well, it's funny because in in the supplement world, we get into that all the time. Like, well, you can't say that. We're gonna block that ad. And it's like, well, crazy about it is that I'm only trying to spend like let's say a hundred bucks a week. So it's not really gonna make a difference to the big picture, anyways, because you guys are spending like millions a week. Yeah. On advertising. So yeah. why can you just let me play like but for a little f- bit? Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that they're already on the that we're already on their radar. Correct. And that includes me as well. Yeah. Because I've had plenty of times I've been the AK shadow band and all this stuff. I can see it. I'm like, that's very bluntly obvious right there that they're doing it to me. And I had what less than two thousand followers. Because oh. it's a threat, right? So I say, all right, imagine this. It's a it's a corrective system. It is, use, but so. but go back to the idea of what you're talking about—the digital idea of yourself, mm-hmm. okay—and giving up your personal data. When Facebook first came out, it wouldn't. You needed a college email, all right. That's why I actually had signed up for it at the time because you could do that over MySpace, and anyone could sign with MySpace, right? Remember that, right? But MySpace you, and Friendster and Friendster, right? But you <laughs> needed a college address to sign up with Facebook. Yeah. So this, uh, you know, kind of what LinkedIn now is day, you know, nowadays is more like that's the business side of it. And I'm like, yeah, it's still advertisements and marketing dollars and they're pulling data. And all they want to know is what our next move is. But when you willingly give up all your data throughout the years, including on your iPhone, I don't care what you say, they're tracking on every single photo that you take, but they're doing it for themselves. Yes. Then I say, okay, well, it brings a good point. If we're going to buy into this whole metaverse and the cryptoverse and the blockchain, essentially you're saying, I identify myself as a number or an algorithm or a code. And humans, maybe we're designed for that at one point in someone's world, but it's not necessarily everyone's world because a lot of people don't want to be identified as a number because that brings them back to triggers in a time when worlds were not great for them. Yeah. If that makes sense. It, it totally does. It totally does. I think that... Um, it's an interesting way to look at. I try to pull out the filter of good or bad to yeah. any of it. Yeah. Yeah. That I know. If it's, I don't know if it's good or bad. Are we moving towards singularity in which human beings and machines join one day? Maybe. And I don't know. Maybe that's the big overarching plan. Maybe that's the design of the universe. I don't know if it's good or bad. I can tell you that my experience today, I like this experiment and, and the mind to go back to like 1491. And imagine a feudalistic system in which there is a royal family and everybody else is dying in the fields. Famine, farming potatoes, yep. right? We're just – there's they're just very, very short lifespans. We're dying at 35, 40. Um, it's just uh, – there are no trampolines. There's no iPhones. There's no car. We have a lot of like what would be 
from that perspective, 1491, yeah. be like, you guys are gods. Yeah. You guys have godlike information access at the press of a button. Yeah. Like the things that we have access to are incredible that do make life like uh, just this morning. I like I woke up. I blended Keon coffee and I put in a little bit of coconut oil and some collagen protein. And then I sat on my pulse electromagnetic field device and charged up. And then I jumped in the ice bath. Right. I had some essential oil, like the luxury that I, I dropped <laughs> in my, my You're a king. I'm a ki- beyond a king. <laughs> it would be beyond, beyond, beyond. So that the how good life is and how good we have it is lost on many. Oh, we, for sure. We focus on what we don't have and how bad it is and how this is bad and this person oppresses me. You know what? So much of that construct is in your head. It, it, you I, are sovereign. And like we just have to go back to man's quest for meeting Viktor Frankl and look at the uh, – this guy was like not, – I'm not going to say he was thriving in an in, in internment camp, but he took ownership of like his sovereign world and he showed you how to do that in the worst possible experience throughout human history. Yeah. I, I think everyone should take your advice, Freddie, because I remember Lance Armstrong in, in the Dodgeball movie. He said, Well, I had cancer and I didn't give up. So I don't know what your problem is. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 Yeah, well, Freddie says he beat cancer. And uh, he's like, Either you're going to give a shit or you're going to do something else or, you know, like, I don't care. I got some of the. I got something else to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm enjoying what what's going on now because at one point you realize you might not get up in the morning to even bitch about it to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Well, Many I say this it. all the time, right? Because people, I travel quite a bit extensively mm-hmm. to other countries and people always talk about like the same, like complain about this and that. It's like, dude, trust me. Like in the U.S., we got it really good. Yeah. Like anywhere else, like there's – this not even comes close to it like people talk about what are you talking about the american dream it's not a dream thing it's just convenience yeah like you just you have access to anything you want any day 24 7 pretty much any city in the in the u.s yeah you, and you have to be thankful for that right because or else i mean come on like even hot water oh I love hot showers. <laughs> <laughs> hot showers are like they were top top three human experiences for me. In most places in the world, that's not a thing. Like it, there's just no easy access to that. Yeah, yeah, it's wild what we have. <laughs> it's wild what we have. But I, I do I do think there's so much of that. Um, you know, w- w- the extreme sense of polarization that it's like the us versus them, the haves and have nots. Uh, we we uh, most everybody's on a spectrum. I understand that. I understand there are people with more civil liberties and less, people with more money and less, people with access to more health and vitality and wellness, and there's people with much, much less in our country. But for the for the for the majority in the middle of the bell curve, people got it pretty fucking good. Oh yeah. And they don't they don't celebrate that, they don't um, stand in that truth, that reality, that joy. You know, I see it a lot in our, our community of because we're, you know, the the I, I like to say Austin is like the incubator of wellness optimizers or wellnesspreneurs mm-hmm. and coaches and yep. like I see that our community, you know, is wonderful and enlightened as we all are. There's a lot of like this trying to make it or build it, and there's like this, you know, uh, undercurrent of anxiety. Oh yeah, and and even in the even in the uh, the wellness community. So I always I'm always trying to remind people that. You know, I don't want anybody to go through cancer or anybody to go through Lyme disease or fucking any of it, abdominal adhesions, none of it. 
Um, but some of those experiences really do give you a, it, it, I live in a different container, you know, I, and I, the only thing I can do is I can tell that story. And for maybe like, um, an hour, you're going to feel it and you're going to be like, wow, I, I do have it. Like I have a I, lot, Yeah. you know, I have a lot to be thankful for. And I, you know, I, I think it's, everybody's on their individual road and their individual journey. Um, but if we can, if everybody could just take a, take a minute just to celebrate like what you have, you know, whether it's our gratitude exercises or it's breath work that brings you back into, fuck, I got everything I need. Yeah. Everything. Breath work really does that. Even, even I really love, I know everybody's, again, I live in a unique container of like breath work experts and ice people. It's like, we live in this like 1% (laughs) of like everybody who's doing all the things and quantifying on all the data. Um, I love Wim Hof. I love his, his voice, his energy. It's like his selflessness. And I have a 10 minute breath work. He does three cycles of like easy in, Mm -hmm. easy out, easy in, easy out, hold for a minute and take one breath in to restore and then go again. And three cycles of that. I'm like, good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, good to go. My body has been washed clean of whatever. I just used it the other day. I had like a, I had back to back mold exposures and really moldy. I went to Jackson hole to interview Apollo Ono. And then I, I, which was amazing by the way, that interview is about to come out. I'm excited. And then I went to, um, and then I went to Las Vegas and was like two (laughs) different hotel rooms back to back, which were like unbelievable. They were venting the bathrooms into the soffit of drywall. There was a vent fan that went into the drywall. There was no duct. (laughs) And, and I was like, I turned on the shower. I was like, like my eyes went cross, my face went numb. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And anyways, so my body, you like, I'm working with that, like a re like I've had like in a 60 day rebound of some like unique inflammatory yeah. responses, which is not systemic, but it's like my knee and it's like a hip. Yeah. And so I got really frustrated yesterday because I'm a, this limbic loop that I'm working with. It was, I got so inflamed in my knee and I was like, Oh my God, that hurts so annoying. I've got all the tools. Why can't I fix this? And I laid down and I did the breath work and I got in the ice. It was like a 10 to like a four (laughs) and like no drugs, no supplements, no real tech. We're talking breath and cold. Yeah. We all have access to a cold shower breath and I'll just, I'll go back to that, that it's, it's just, it's so, um, it's so amazing to this education, knowledge and access to stuff we have like in the immediate real time. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It's so powerful. Your story, honestly, I think that's the first time you told it to me in full. Yeah, yeah. Because I cut it out of the thing. It's too intense. It's too much. I know. It's too intense. I know. I know. Yeah. And that's why I asked you if you would share it because it is incredible. I mean, I think for people who are struggling, I think the whole message that you provide people is that you don't have to. Hmm. You don't have to struggle. Baldo's a prime example of that too. And he helped me kind of get over my idea that I had to struggle. Mm. You talk about a realization and a high vibe conversation we just had. Prince is the reason why I got out of pain management and I stopped prescribing opioids. Mm. And I was listening to him today and I cried about it, realizing, Mm. thank you, Prince. You know, like you showed me that I didn't have to struggle with this. I could just leave and try something else. And yeah. so, like, just that realization when you talk about music. Yeah. My jam playlist is all funk and R&B, like, soul music. 
Yeah. So that's what I sing on the way over here to get myself ready to. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I'll do, I'll do, um, how are we on time? We're like, I think it's about, we're, we're close. Close. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to say, if anybody listens to this in the car, this is the one I do. I'll give it to anybody listening. Cause you can, you'll be able to do this in the recording. We could also like put out, we could do this and I'm happy to do this for you guys. I could make a little like, um, like six minute vocal warm up where you could just sing along to, Hell yeah. which go through the chakra centers. Love it. Um, so I just go, uh, and you could do it. You don't have to know notes. You can just go, we can do it. Let me think of a good octave. I haven't warmed up or vocalized. <clears throat> it's, um, one, two, three, two, three, four, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. Those are the notes on the scale. One, two, three, two, three, four, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. So if we were just gonna, we we're just gonna roll through it. And it, when we, when you sing, when you're going through the energetic centers, you want to think like not like you're stepping on a step, but there's like it'd be like if you had steps going down from your bedroom to the living room that you poured a glass of water and the water just zoom. So you can just go. So you can just roll with it and so it's just one, two, three, two, three, four, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. So you can reverse it, right? Nice. So you're going up the stairs, up the stairs, up the stairs, dun, da 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 da. Yep. And it's just so nice to the soul. Do you guys feel a shift when you listen to me? Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's what I do actually. That's what I was saying. It goes, oh, I'll do mine. Yeah. Oh, me, hum. And so what I've learned now is from that last little bit, if I do a little, it's I imagine in my head it's like this little hook that I latch onto to pull myself up ah. because we've been climbing that I can get to that mess that t- um, like, yeah. but I, I have to get this little hitch yet. And then yeah. when I clear that and it's a straight line, I imagine myself just going straight up the stairs yeah. without help and then coming straight down. Like, so what you're talking about, I imagine that in myself, yeah. but you're like almost unlocking the chakras because to go back to it, if chi says your blockage of chakras is is in meridians is keeping you from thriving and fully functioning, you have to remove the blockages. Yeah. So to clear out your passages, to clear mm. out your airways, to clear out your chakras, to clear out your energy is essentially what you're doing by simply allowing the sound to be removed from your body. Yeah. It's it's wild how it's very very effective and what we should do, we should do a lunch and learn one day. And we should just do a vocal workshop. Hell yeah. That would be incredible. And, and there, people would be floating afterwards. People, people would be floating because, because the – and you, you – for me, like when I watched somebody sing, you would watch like a pop star. And you'd be like, watch them – you know, because when they hit a high note, they would often do this physical affectation. They'd be like, yeah. And so they're like <laughs> – Tilting their head back and opening it up, but really, like the container, you want to be really rooted in that pelvic floor. So any of the changes in the the pitch happen internally. That makes sense. And this all happens. The vocal cord, which you've ever looked at your cords, yep. which I always would taking pictures of through my um, through my um, practitioner, who I kept my voice healthy throughout my career, and I always had a very, very like I was known for like voice was always on point. I never missed a show for um, my voice being off, not yeah. in 20 years. Nice. And so there's a degree of 
um, there's a degree of the visualization of watching those vocal cords open. That's what really does it. Yeah. It is no, there is no forcing of the vocal cords. You know, it's, it's really a very finite vibration that happens. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. So, so the idea that when you're singing that you don't want to lift or reach and you really want to be down and it all have, there's this like spin, the circular nature happening with the breath going in and out of the nose. So it's still coming from up here, going up through, up, up to and the around, head, up, up and around. Yeah. That's incredible. That's how I view it. That's yeah. how I view that we so make. So it's just regulating the airway? It's regulating. It's like it's like it'd be like doing this if I breathed in and I sang and I go, maybe the sun gave me the power. Like it's gone. But if I take a breath in, maybe the sun gave me the power for I could swim like Loman and be home in half an hour. Maybe the air gave me the drive for I'm all aglow and alive. I didn't take a breath anywhere. No, there. but it's all core. It's yeah, all it's coming all, from your core. It's spin, the air is spinning internally. Um, Cause you're, could I make the sense that you're just opening and closing the tunnels to basically get the wind resistance to make different pitches? Yeah, and visualizing. And then there's this, you know, we have the palate in the back. There's this lift in the soft palate that is creating this big chamber in my head that's allowing for that very pure sound and getting it off the vocal cords, actually. Interesting. I've realized that because some people say if you're having trouble lifting your palate when you're hitting those high notes, lift the tongue to your roof and you can almost uh, now like it's 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 almost cheating, but you can get there. You get a different higher pitch, but it makes sense. Your winds. It's an instrument. That's yeah. all you like. It's you literally a have a instrument. flute in yes. the middle of your yeah. throat. That's incredible. Yeah, that's pretty incredible the way to look at it. Thank yeah. you. It's, that's cool. Uh, that's cool. We're going to do it. <laughs> With that, with that being said, yeah, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, uh, people can find me on freddysetco.com, which is which is gonna uh, undergo some really wild new um, upgrades. It's gonna really speak to just the podcast. It's the beautifully broken podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all the all the things. Um, and then if you're the, the technology companies that I'm working with right now. In, in the front are amp coil. So if you if you call an amp coil and want to hear about frequency and magnetics, you'll get me. Or the other company that I'm I'm really ushering in is Lightpath LED, which does pulse light frequencies through a light panel. And they're pretty wild and 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 um you know bringing the idea that we can pulse different wavelengths or spectrums um through red light and have different biological benefit on the backside so that's amazing that's, that's we gotta talk more about that that's all the yeah, things we gotta talk yeah. more about that awesome well thank you man thank you guys thank you so much dude love you love you man love you, love you.